Before we get started, um, I just want to remind everyone that in your bulletins are these colorful index cards. Um, at some, at, during the offertory anthem, while the choir is singing, you are invited, uh, as part of our Lenten practice this season, to uh, write on this card one way that you have offered your life to God in the past week. This can be anything from the tangible, like your tithe and, or monetary donation to the church or to another organization, to the conceptual, visiting someone who is ill, sending a note of encouragement. When you are invited forward, um, note that should not read for communion, because we're not having communion this morning. Um, that was from last week. Uh, but when, uh, when the offertory begins, you are invited to come forward, to bring that forward, and to pin it to the bulletin board uh, here at the front. Uh, you can also take that opportunity to bring your uh, offering uh, forward. The offering plate is here at the front of the sanctuary. Um, and together, we will create a beautiful menagerie of our gifts to God and the community of the Spirit. For those of you who are joining us via Zoom, uh, you are welcome to uh, put these things into the chat, and somebody will write them down. I will write them down on a card and pin it up for you uh, so that you can participate in this practice as well. Uh, and one additional thing, please don't forget that following the service, uh, we will have a congregational meeting to wrap up uh, some loose ends from our annual meeting in January. Uh, we will begin right after the postlude, uh, right after I've had a chance to run and take off my robe and come back in. Um, so uh, please be sure to stick around for that. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's love is poured into our hearts. Good morning, and welcome to our service of worship. I'm Charlotte Hasselbarth. I will be your liturgist this morning, and I want to extend a special welcome to those of you who are visiting today. Grace to you and peace this Lenten season. It is good for us to be together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone this morning. We begin, we begin our, our service of worship with lighting of the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the image and the words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into the time and space as we listen to the prelude.
us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 353, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. today. We are tired and seeking solace. Refresh us with your Holy Spirit, the living water, so we may hear your word and pledge ourselves to serve you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The call to confession. Friends in faith, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Trusting in God's overflowing grace, let us confess our sin. Let us pray. Giver Giver of life, we we know we have shortcomings. In the depth of our hearts, we struggle to leave our failures behind. Teach us that suffering brings endurance, that endurance produces character, and that character brings hope. With your your grace grace and undergirding our our lives, grant us the patience and persistence to claim a place in your holy family. May we become your living water in the wilderness of this world, creating space for your hope and faith. And hear us as we confess to you in the the silence of our own hearts. 
hear these words of assurance. Family of God, like the Israelites in the wilderness and the, and the woman at the well, living water is within our reach. We need not thirst for eternal life ever again, for the well of God's blessing is full and God's love is poured out for all. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. Beloved, may the peace of Christ surround you with living water in the wilderness of our lives. May, may the, the living water drench us in the love and peace of Christ. God's peace be with you. Christ's, Christ's peace be with you. Amen. Living God, through the reading of the scriptures and by the power of your spirit, may we hear for ourselves the good news and believe because of your word that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do for this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and the water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together hymn number 479, Ho, All Who Thirst.
Please be seated. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 5. And I will be reading from the Common English Bible. Listen for the word of God. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey. So he sat down at the well, and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, If you recognized God's gift and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us this well to drink, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, get your husband. And come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say, I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands, and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it's necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples asked each other, Has someone bought him food? Jesus said to them, I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four more months and then it's time for harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes 
And notice that the fields are already ripe for harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. This is a true saying that one sows and another harvests. I have sent you to harvest what you didn't work hard for. Others worked hard and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for what we have heard ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. Amen. Jews do not share with Samaritans. Jews and Samaritans do not associate. She's polite, but firm. Buddy, I don't know who you think you are, but you're clearly not from around here. If your friends see you talking with me, you are ruined. Reputation shot, job prospects dried up. This is a family disowning move that you're making here. So to save you the grief, just, just don't. It's a pretty scandalous request Jesus makes, asking for a drink of water. Even acknowledging her presence is shocking. Samaria, which is currently known as part of the West Bank, was a region between Judea and Galilee. Samaritans were an ethno-religious group descended from those who remained in the land of Israel during and after the Babylonian exile. They were, to the Jews of Jesus' day, the dirty outsiders, unworthy of being claimed in God's covenant. But it wasn't just regional and racial barriers that separated them. There was also a distinct religious barrier. Samaritans adhered to Samaritanism, closely related to but very different from Judaism. The Hebrew prophets frequently condemned Samaritans for their practices of worship. Long-standing animosity existed between Jews and Samaritans, particularly concerning the true and right places to worship, Mount Gerizim in Samaria or the temple in Jerusalem. Yet, even more powerful than any of these, as if they weren't enough, was the gender and power barrier between them. The text implies in verse 9 the unjust treatment of Samaritan women by Jewish men. By cultural standards, no woman was to encounter a man alone, and it was considered indecent for a man to speak to a woman in public places. This woman whose name we are not told, is described by her gender, her ethnicity, and her religion, all of which are wrong. And she knows it. And concerned for the situation, she tries to get Jesus to just leave her alone. We don't often take time to consider her story, 
Too often we read her as a vehicle for a message from Jesus, stripping her of all autonomy, ignoring her story, as painful and scandalized as it may be. She has had five husbands. Too many times this is interpreted to mean that she is some kind of loose woman with loose morals. After all, who has had five husbands? Additionally, Jesus pointing out that she has had five husbands is somehow pointing out her sin and shaming her. But both of these preconceptions are wrong. We don't know why she has had five husbands. Perhaps she's just had really bad fortune, each husband dying early, which was common in those days. So that now she can only find someone who will take her in as a charity case. Or maybe she has been unable to bear children, an offense that would be grounds for a husband in the ancient world to divorce his wife. The truth is, we don't know. And quite frankly, it doesn't seem to matter to Jesus. All we know is that by coming at noon, she is avoiding the crowds. In a desert climate like Sakar, the typical time of day to gather water would be early in the morning, gathering enough water to last the day. But it would also be a place where gossip is shared, where sidelong glances would be given at anyone with a whiff of scandal, where this woman with her five husbands would be talked about and whispered about relentlessly. So she goes at noon, when no one else will be there, when she can gather her water in peace, where the shame that she has been made to feel is hidden from public view. Second, Jesus doesn't place any judgment one way or the other, by telling her she has had five husbands. He isn't trying to say, this is really bad, or boy, you've really screwed up. Those are judgments that we place on his words because of our own baggage. Really, he's just stating the facts, which leads her to see who he is. She connects his presence with her knowledge of the coming Messiah, to which Jesus replies, I am he. The first remarkable time in the Gospel of John that Jesus makes an I am statement, of which there are many, and it is to this marginalized woman. Now, Jesus recognizes the power dynamics, particularly his position of power and privilege. He is the dominant figure in this story in every way. He is the right gender, the right ethnicity, the right religion, and he could easily weaponize that privilege in destructive ways. He could demand a drink of water. He could weave her deeper into her shame. He could do so much damage. But instead, Jesus uses his voice to speak truth to systems of power, tearing down the barriers that separate them so that they could have a genuine interaction that she might realize the divine presence, that the thirst she didn't even realize she had would be quenched. Which leads us to a small but quite significant detail in verses 28 and 29. This woman leaves her water jar. 
and she goes back to the city to tell others about Jesus. It's a small detail, but by leaving her water jar, we are meant to realize that she has left behind her thirst and everything that has weighed her down and kept her from being in full community with others. She has found living water that has unraveled her shame into threads she quickly shakes off, and she will never be thirsty again. We all carry burdens similar to this woman, don't we? It might not be a water jar, but maybe it's a backpack filled with our fears and anxieties. Or a shoebox that we keep under the bed filled with negative self-talk. Or a mixing bowl overflowing with shame. Closets filled with broken relationships. And it isn't just as individuals either. As communities, we have things that we have refused to put down because we have been so accustomed to carrying them. Our traditions, while beautiful and comforting, can also be what holds us back from blossoming into something new. Our fear of budget deficits can tempt us to turn inward and become overly self-focused. As a society, we have these. A never-ending cycle of violence and war, our worship of false gods of politics and money. We carry so much. And Jesus invites us to lay it down. Leave it behind. In this story, Jesus creates the space for this woman to experience the immutable, immovable grace of God. By meeting her in her context, by being open to forming a relationship with her, he opened up the door for her to be able to leave her water jar behind. So we too are invited to create spaces where people, ourselves included, can experience that grace of love and acceptance, to be a place where people can come as they are with whatever baggage they come with, to know that this is a place where they can hurt and cry and moan and wail out loud if need be, that this is a place and that we are people who will sit down in the dirt next to them in mourning and dance and celebrate with them in their joy. Because that is what church is meant to be, where broken people comfort and celebrate each other. The world is terribly thirsty for places like this. And we can offer them living water. So lay your burdens down. Leave them behind. And be made new. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we listen to your voice. And kneel in thanks. You are the rock of our salvation. You bring forth water in the wilderness of our lives. You are a reservoir of hope in lives yearning for peace. Bring us once again the living water of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Speaking of water... Please take some time uh, this morning to uh, go through the announcements. Uh, There is quite a bit going on, and I want to draw your attention to a couple of things. 
Uh, first, please, uh, please note that Kim will be out of the office this Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, if you need anything um, before then, please email her before Wednesday, and she will be back in the office on Monday, March 20th. Uh, if there is something urgent while she is away, please get in touch with me, uh, and I will try to fill her sh in her shoes as best I can. She does it much better, though. Um, please, again, uh, remember that following the service, we will have a congregational meeting here in the sanctuary. Uh, there are two items on the agenda for this meeting, wrapping up from our annual meeting at the end of January, um, approving my terms of call, and to act on the nominating committee's nomination of Karen Williamson to a new term as ruling elder. Um, so please stay on that. And for those of you who are on Zoom uh, to participate in that meeting, simply stay on Zoom. Uh, we will not be shutting it down uh, after the service ends um, so that you can just move into that uh, smoothly. Um, the, another thing is uh, that Elena's uh, evening meal, A Taste of the Holy Land, uh, where she will be sharing about her trip to the Holy Land, uh, is coming up two weeks from today on the 26th. Um, if you have not reached out to her, uh, please let her know if you can come. Uh, we already have a really great group um, coming together, but the more the merrier, and I know it's going to be good and delicious. Um, let's see, I think, oh, no, there is one other really important one, Easter flowers. Um, I can't believe we're already thinking about it, but we do uh, have the Easter flower order forms in your bulletins. Um, please take a look at that, and if you're interested in ordering lilies, daffodils, or tulips, uh, please fill that out and get it back to the church office by Monday, March 27th. That is all. Uh, there is more in, um, in the bulletin. Please do take time. Um, but that's a lot. We've got a lot going on, and that's a really good thing. I'm now going to turn it over after the choir comes forward. Friends, the law of God teaches us, all shall give as they are able, according to the blessing that the Lord your God has given you. Let us return our gifts and talents to the Lord through the receiving of our offerings.
Protector God, we hear your voice beckoning us to be your hands and your feet in the world. Show us a way through the wilderness of life with knapsacks filled with blessings and vessels of living water for a hurting world. Receive these offerings that they may be for others the blessings we have received from your hand. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we have um, a few things to lift up in, um, in prayer. Uh, the first is uh, prayers of condolence uh, to Liz and Mark Egan and family on the death of Liz's father-in-law, Richard, yesterday. Uh, Liz, we hold you all in prayer uh, in this hard time, and we know that his suffering is at an end, um, but I know that you will also miss him very much. We pray for you. Um, we also lift up uh, prayers for, uh, for Atticus, who has had a stomach bug since Wednesday. The stomach bug part of it has resolved, but the fever part has not. Um, and uh, 
I'm ready to just Lysol the whole house. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's starting to feel better. Uh, I could tell that he was feeling better yesterday when he was bouncing around and seemed to have his old energy back. Um, but we, uh, we do lift him up. And all of those who are suffering from seasonal illnesses right now, because there are a lot of them. We lift up a joy. Uh, today, today, is Jackie House's 97th birthday. Hence the balloon. <laughs> yes. Jackie is unable to be with us uh, this morning, um, but uh, we do celebrate her, uh, and we are, um, we are encouraging people to shower her with birthday cards. She also likes chocolate, but it has to be soft chocolate so that she can chew it easily. Um, she is always ready for chocolate, um, but, um, but we do celebrate her on this milestone birthday. Uh, and I also know that Joanne Wagner is just delighted to have her daughter and her granddaughter Maddie with us uh, this morning. Maddie has returned home after a year in South Korea, and we are just so glad to have you. Uh, we we want to hear about your adventures. Um, so uh, I hope that we get a chance to do that. Um, but we are so glad that you're here, grateful for safe travels, uh, and it is good to finally meet you. <laughs> Friends, are there other joys and concerns to lift up? Darlene. Tomorrow is Cindy's birthday. Let's Um, prayers for um, prayers for all of us uh, on this storm um, that's coming. I didn't really learn about it until my neighbor told me yesterday. And a, a quote from uh, Groundhog Day has just kept running through my head. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy, and it's going to last for the rest of your life. <laughs> And it really feels... T- I, love, I love winter. I think I said this last week. I love winter. Over an appropriate amount of months. Um, please be safe out there. Uh, and we, do, we pray for all of the plow drivers and the, uh, and the workers who work to restore power um, in dangerous conditions. Um, so uh, please just stay home, stay warm, stay safe. Uh, Shannon. That is delightful. Shannon uh, has uh, one of her papers has been accepted to a conference, and uh, we're so proud of you. Congratulations. Cindy, I, I think I saw your hand. Thank <laughs> you. 
Cindy joys for your your church family and for your friends Maria and Cindy who are here with you uh, so much so that Billy got relegated to the back pew uh, <laughs> but Billy we're glad you're here too um, and I'm also very glad to see you all despite losing an hour of sleep so uh, Danielle To, uh, to come back to home uh, to pursue her, edu- keep continuing uh, her education uh, and the transition that this will be for, for her as she leaves friends that she has made and, and relationships. Um, we pray for her. And for you, you can't fix it all. And that's a hard thing to accept. <laughs> Others. Fern. Is that going to be? Wonderful, wonderful. So Fern's brother um, going to be um, getting accommodations at the American Legion, uh, and uh, we're very glad. For that. Um, I also see one in the chat. Uh, beautiful job, choir. Uh, and you did. It was gorgeous this morning. So uh, thank you for your gift of music. Are there any others? Friends, let's turn to God in prayer. God of glory, we thirst for your presence. In the midst of challenging times, in the midst of loneliness, In the midst of despair, we thirst for your spirit of love poured into our hearts, for your living water that quenches eternally. May all of your children know that they belong, that they are loved, that they are wonderfully made. Hear our prayers to know your presence in the midst of suffering, O God. God of life, we thirst for knowledge of you at work in our world, dispelling our doubt and uncertainty. We pray for you to right what is wrong, to banish evil and restore order in the midst of chaos, turn our world towards peace. Hear our prayers to know the ways you are at work in our world, O God. God of hope, We thirst for healing and harmony, for an end to violence and living in fear of the next mass shooting. We pray for an end to bipartisan fighting, legislative meltdowns, and political turmoil that serves no citizen well. Fashion our world, our nation, our communities into places that reflect your peaceable kingdom where every life is valued, everyone's dignity respected. Hear our prayers for healing and harmony, O God. In your mercy, O Lord, hear the prayers of your people. This morning we lift up the family and friends of Richard Egan, comfort them in their loss, and hold them close in comfort. We pray with celebration for Jackie and for Cindy 
and for all of those who celebrate birthdays and milestones, God, we ask that you continue to bless them. God, this morning, we thank you for traveling mercies and for prayers answered. And we thank you that Maddie is home and that she is able to be with us this morning. God, we thank you for this church family, however that may look. And those who have been here for generations and for those who have been here for a week. We thank you that we are able to be together to worship you and to feel the strength of being together as one body. God, we pray for Fern's brother and pray that his transition would be smooth. And we thank you that he is being recognized in this way. God, we pray for Camille that in this transition, in her education, that you would hold her close, that you would help her to mourn relationships that are being disrupted, but that you would help her to celebrate being back home. God, we pray for everyone in the path of this storm. We pray that... You would keep those who plow and those who tend to power lines and all others who respond safe. God, in this Lenten season, we ask that you would help us in our walk with you so that we can learn and grow in your embrace. Help us to follow in the footsteps of our Savior, who calls on us to pray as he prayed. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together our final hymn, number 543, God Be the Love.
beloved, may the Lord of the wilderness continue to share life-giving waters of hope, love, and faith in our lives. May we have the wisdom to seek Christ's gifts, gifts of love, gifts of hope, gifts of diversity, and gifts of faith to serve others along the way. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.